Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And you can do so in so many ways. You can follow us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. How about Facebook? Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. If you want to follow our website, no problem. We've got that set up for you as well. YourTechReport.com. And our email address, which is going to become more and more useful to you these days, contact at yourtechreport.com because we're going to try and get a little bit more interactive. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. As always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mitchell, That's me. That's me. What a, what a freaking week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a it's, week. It's kind of hard to catch your breath, isn't it? It, it is. We're obviously going to talk all about Apple's media event that happened uh, this past Tuesday at their new Steve Jobs Theater in uh, Cupertino, California. There's so many cool things coming up, Mitchell. I mean, we've got, you know, the iPhone 8 was available for pre-order. We're going to hopefully get our hands on that towards the end of this coming week. Uh, The iPhone 10, which we now know what it's called, is coming out in about a month from now. The new Xbox is coming out, too. I'm excited for that. This is the whole thing. I mean, you have you have the iPhone 10 coming out on November 3rd, Xbox One X coming out November 7th. But, you know, this is actually a good segue for me because we just got word from our friends at Microsoft that if you're an Xbox One gamer, and let's say maybe you don't want to get the X, you're, you're on more of a budget, they have a new Xbox One S coming out that is available now as you're hearing this. It's a new Forza Horizon 3 Hot Wheels bundle. And we're, you know, we've been playing uh, Forza and Forza 3, the whole Forza line, for a long time. And this is the Hot Wheels bundle that lets you have all the Hot Wheels tracks and cars. It's oh, really so cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it has, you know, the, the game features high dynamic range and it looks stunning. I've been playing it for a long time and it's available today for $279. Then that's U.S. dollars, of course. So yeah, if you if you if you can't wait to get a new Xbox, you want a great game with it, and you don't plan on getting the X, or maybe you get want to get one and the X. This new bundle with Forza Horizon Three and Hot Wheels is kind of a cool deal. Now, the, sorry, the official release of the One X is we're, we're November, right? So we're November seventh, yeah, November seventh, and and that first yeah. gen and that first edition that that Project Scorpio edition is gone. Correct. For good now. So if you didn't get a pre order on that, you're not going to get one, are you? And we and listen, like you talked about our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash your tech report. We, the second that I heard that the pre-orders went live, I put, I put a video up encouraging people, if you want that Project Scorpio edition, get it now because it might, it looks like it's going to be very limited. And I will tell you, I was not wrong. Incredibly limited. And hopefully you guys were able to get a hold of one for yourselves. I want to tell you a funny story. So I, tell me, tell I think me. on a previous show, we talked about this, that Lego was releasing for Force Friday 2, um, one of the largest Lego sets that I've ever seen in my life. The Millennium which is Falcon, the right? Millennium the Millennium Falcon. Millennium. We're talking yeah. about what, yeah. almost 10,000 pieces. Um, yes. so, for $2 million. So yes. here, here's the deal, okay? It, it okay. was set to go on sale October 1st. Okay. okay. Yeah. However, Lego VIP members were able to get their hands on it on September 14th, this past oh. Thursday. Okay. So, you know... I've got this guy, a friend of mine, and you know Ryan, he's in my office, yes. he's a Lego yeah. freak, he builds yeah, these giant great. Lego sets, okay. and I, I remember someone coming in my office saying, I'm going, I'm going to the Lego store, they open at 10, I'm going to go pick it up, and I'm like, okay, fine, you know what, $1,000 Lego, I'm like, fine, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to do this with my son, this is going to be amazing. Okay, so they get to the Lego store at like 9.30, there had been a lineup since 8 o'clock in the morning, Oh my the gosh. store yeah. only received seven, so they were completely sold out. Lego has issued a statement on their own website, okay, that basically says the Millennium Falcon goes on sale October 1st, 2017. However, due to the overwhelming success of our VIP early access, 
it will remain temporarily sold out. They did not anticipate. Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. Yeah, You're yeah. telling me because the VIP access was so successful, they don't have anything for launch? Nothing. They did not anticipate <laughs> that all these people were going to go out and spend $1,000 on a Lego set that they didn't produce enough to have anything left for the actual official launch. So they're rushing it back into production. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so they're rushing it back into production to have some available down the road, but they are already completely sold out of everything they had, even for their launch. Okay, so let me tell you why this is incredibly stupid and why, uh, uh, in a business sense, this makes no sense. But they, okay? you know what, Hang on, but they, they, they apologize, saying there's, we completely screwed this one up. We didn't think people had enough money to buy this. No, no, no. They, they didn't screw up in thinking people didn't have enough no money to buy. That's not where they screwed up. Where they screwed up is when you have a pre-launch like this for certain members, as you said, as a VIP member for VIP members, which is great. Yeah. You have a limited number that you can sell, that so you will not interfere with your inventory well, for your course. real launch. Of course. So you don't oversell based on oh, you know what? We'll just let them buy whatever they want, and oh my God, inventory is gone. You have a limited inventory ju- inventory just for that, so you can't eat into your launch day. That's that's business 101 unless you know unless they didn't have enough to begin with to even cover their pre-launch which it sounds like was the real deal so to me i mean that's that's it's a bizarre story but it's also completely unacceptable from a business standpoint you know what i'm saying it doesn't make sense you yeah. limit what you have available for the vips so that so at least you have, you have at least inven- one or two exactly yeah. so that was a big screw up and not because we didn't anticipate they didn't adhere to business you know business school 101 that's the problem I'm I'm very angry. Can you tell? Yeah, I, I can tell. Now, now we're gonna try something. We're gonna try something new. Okay, we're right, gonna do. Calm me down. Here. We're gonna yeah. try something new here. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. As you know, we have the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/GearTechReport. We have this radio show here on SiriusXM channel 167. We are going to merge our minds a little bit here, Mitchell. Okay, we're gonna Ooh. we're going to do a little, little bit of a simulcast. So if you want to get behind the scenes and see what Mitchell's ugly face looks like and my ugly <laughs> face looks like, we're gonna do our next couple segments wrapping up this whole Apple Media event on both at the same time. So it's an opportunity for you to kind of go behind the scenes. If you're part of our YouTube audience, then you'll be able to experience it that way. If you're part of our Sirius XM audience, you don't miss any of our heated discussion about what's what, what happened at this week's media event. And, 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 you know, a lot of the details are out there. I mean, a lot of the details were out there before, but there are a couple little bit of tidbits of news that kind of came out now after the fact, which is, for example, if you, um, are looking at iTunes and you're and you're downloading content and stuff like that. And you happen to already have a new iPad, for example. Uh, Apple has already started to release all their 4K content for their upcoming Apple TVs. It's, it's now available nice. in the App Store, including HDR-enabled videos. So people with the iPad Pro that supports HDR, you can already experience that kind of stuff, which was pretty cool. The other thing is, is um, um, when Apple opened their media event at Steve Jobs Theater, they uh, Tim Cook took to the stage, and if you haven't seen the keynote, I, I just watched the first like five minutes um they opened the keynote with this homage to steve jobs it was basically some audio that we had never heard of steve talking internally before at apple so what we decided that we we're going to, want to do on our on, on this week's show is before we even go into our first break here we're going to play that little clip of what steve jobs said to the entirety of the world and anybody who was kind of paying attention so that's how we're going to kind of end this segment before we go into um our our, our talk about you know the actual event itself but i mean overall kind of quick impressions of that that theater itself mitchell i watched more and more footage and I'm watching a lot of video and just the architecture I, it's, it's kind of, it makes it look like a almost like a landmark that I want to go visit next time I'm in that area you know it's funny that you say that because I was thinking to me it now becomes a destination people are going to want to go to the Apple campus and see all this they have the Apple store there they have the cafe but like you said the theater itself has an entire section that once a keynote is over the walls automatically come yeah. down and there's a huge demo area I mean it's it's brilliant it's beautiful and yes it is someplace I will make sure I get to go visit they even said that the, the the glass is the only thing holding up the roof of that theater. And not only that, but all the electronics is run in a one-inch column that goes between the glass upwards. Anyhow, all that conversation about the Apple keynote, but let's hear those words of Steve Jobs as we lead into our first break. There's lots of ways to be as a person. And some people express their deep appreciation in in, in different ways. But one of the ways that I believe people express their appreciation to, to the rest of humanity is to make something wonderful. 
and put it out there. And you never, you never meet the people, you never shake their hands, you never hear their story or tell yours, but somehow in the act of making something with a great deal of care and love, something's transmitted there. And it's a way of expressing to the rest of our species our deep appreciation. So we need to be true to who we are and remember what's really important to us. That's what's gonna keep Apple, Apple, is if we keep us, us. Your tech report will be right back. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. I am Marco Flalo, as always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield. For those of our YouTube audience that uh, aren't aware of what we do aside from here on YouTube, we have a show on SiriusXM. That's kind of how we started in radio, uh, in that broadcasting world. And we're doing something really cool right now. We hope it comes out really cool, quite honestly. is a first-ever simulcast video YouTube slash SiriusXM piece. Because if you weren't paying attention, Mitchell, you were paying attention, right? I was definitely uh, paying attention, Apple, yes. Yeah, you were. Apple had a, a small media event that was historic for many reasons this week. Uh, and it was the launch of the new iPhone, the iPhone 8, 8 Plus, the iPhone 10, which we now know the name, um, a new edition of the Apple Watch, Apple TV 4K. Um, and we wanted to share our thoughts. We wanted to talk to our audience, both on YouTube and, of course, on the radio show, and talk about the event, to talk about the things that unfolded, and do so in, on, on both mediums. So if you're watching on YouTube, welcome. Check out our radio show on SiriusXM. We'll link to it up here. If you are listening on SiriusXM, go to YouTube.com slash YourTechReport, and you can find us there. And, of course, if you go to just YourTechReport.com, at any point in time, you'll find all the links to all the things that we do. So, Mitchell... Yes. O- overall, I guess, first impressions. H- how are you feeling after that media event? A- and before, before I even let you answer that, yes. uh, as I let you catch your breath, um, <laughs> it was hard not to get a little emotional at the beginning of that event, because not only was this event the first event that took place at Steve Jobs Theater, um, but they started with this beautiful montage and the words of Steve Jobs himself. Yeah, it was... It was... I, I got emotional. I mean, you, you can't help it. I still remember hearing, you know, the news that he passed away and having a very, which is strange when you think about somebody, the, the CEO, the creative of a tech company, uh, passing and thinking of getting emotional in, the, in response to that. But I did. Uh, I've used Apple products for decades. I was a fan of Steve Jobs, not necessarily the person who I didn't know, but the CEO and the creator that I did know from afar. And it, it was sort of an emotional thing to see the dedication, the way that the way they opened the theater, like you said, opening with, you know, a recording, you know, Steve Jobs voice and his image on the screen. And you could see Tim Tim Cook was clearly choked up. I mean, he was fighting back tears as he gave the introduction, which, of course, added to the emotion. So uh, forgetting about the content, what was said during the keynote or in their media event, but just the way it was presented, the way it started, I really do think it was a great tribute to Steve Jobs. And it sort of harkened back a little bit to the magic that he had or that he brought to the table when he was actually physically a part of the keynote. So, yes, they did a great job of that. And I think uh, you couldn't help you. You'd have to be dead or a robot to not feel some sort of emotion or some sort of reaction to, to the opening of the show. Absolutely. Any, any overall kind of takeaways before we dive into the actual products that were announced? Yeah, it was definitely, I, I, I think we talked to, we tried to save a lot of this for obviously for both the radio show and the YouTube video that we're doing simultaneously. Uh, so we didn't talk about it too much off the air, but one thing we both talked about is having mixed feelings, having excitement over the products that were to come and then slight disappointment over both the presentation and having to wait for certain products. Uh, so it was definitely a mixed bag. And one thing that I will tell tell you, and this is something we did touch on off the air as well, is it me or do they seem less and less prepared for these keynotes? Because it used to be whenever, I mean, we laugh about it, but it used to be whenever Apple had a keynote, it was buttoned up. And that was mostly when Steve Jobs was still in charge and still basically leading all of them. Everything was sharp, I think because of fear. 
they were afraid to mess up because of him. And now you'll see a lot of stuttering, a lot of stammering, a lot of, and yes, some of it could have been the excitement, the emotion of what they were, you know, what they were dealing with the Steve Jobs Theater and the dedication and the iPhone 10, the anniversary device, which again is paying homage to Steve Jobs with his original iPhone. So yeah, there were reasons for it, but still, it was very uncomfortable in certain spots where they seemed kind of unprepared and almost robotic in their presentation, which is something I don't expect from Apple. I, I felt un- I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, at certain times, like emba- embarrassed almost at certain times. I, I got I got the overall impression that. It's as if, and you know they didn't do this, but it's as if they told everybody before the event started, okay, let's pretend you saw nothing leaked. You didn't know anything about this phone or any about any of these announcements. Um, and let's pretend this is the first time you're hearing about, about it and uh, and a big applause. And it was like everybody was in on this inside joke. Right. In the past... When they've acknowledged it, before. yeah. Tell me if you've yeah, seen yeah. this Phil before. Right? Go on stage yeah. saying, "Yeah, exactly, exactly." <laughs> um, but they didn't do it in this case. So, so let's dive in and let's okay. go in the order in which they presented things to us, which really starts with uh, with Apple Watch. Yes. So, Apple Watch Series Three. The biggest change, because aesthetically, it's the same physical appearance. It's about a millimeter thicker. They say two sheets know, of paper, uh, right? Two sheets of two paper, sheets thicker. Of paper yeah. thicker. Um, which is great, and I think it's smart because all accessories will still work with it. Um, a whole bunch of new additions in terms of the Hermes edition and the Nike edition. Right. But the big addition here is the addition of LTE and, and data, and it can work as a phone on its own, which is something we didn't know. We, we knew did that not it was know that, be, yes. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a data-connected device. We weren't sure if phone features would work. And, and how this works, and we'll go into details about the watch itself, but it's going to be a companion add-on to your existing data plan. In some cases, it's going to be five bucks, and it's going to be a number sharing plan that the different carriers have to be equipped for. And some carriers are not equipped for it. Right. Like in Canada, Rogers is not ready for it. Not yet. The only carrier that's going to be available on launch is yeah. Bell. Yes. And what I did, I actually reached out to Apple, and I said, well, what's the deal with this? Because it wasn't really clear. Rogers has always been kind of on the forefront, kind of like AT&T. Right. And they said, well, it's going to be compatible. You can still buy the watch with the cellular eSIM in it, and once Rogers announces availability for it, you'll be able to activate it. So don't think like you have to sit and wait for it to be announced and it to be available on your carrier. You can still get the cellular-enabled watch right. and you can activate it uh, on your carrier. Uh, what else struck you about the watch? Well, there were, there were other things about it as well. There were other things they were talking about. A new chip, I believe, that was in the watch now. Uh, they were talking about 70% more power. Uh, so it, everything would be a little snappier. I mean, we saw the difference between original Apple Watch and Apple Watch Series... I'm sorry, the Apple Watch Series 1, Apple Watch Series 2, and the original Apple Watch. There was a difference there. The Series 1 and Series 2 also had faster processors. But uh, So it'll be nice to see the, a little snappier response. Um, at first, it, like you said, we knew from, every, from all, the, all the rumors that we heard, we knew that we were going to have cellular connectivity, which we thought would be in the form of data, meaning you could probably get texts or access the web or use Siri functionality without worrying about anything because you'd have the built-in data connection without having to worry about being connected to your phone. We knew that. But the phone thing, I have to tell you, Mark, I was more surprised by my reaction to that than maybe anything else because I was, I, I just got a brand new Series 2. Uh, I believe it's for Father's Day, which I love and wear every day. Uh, and I thought, oh, I don't need one with data. Who needs one with data? But when they mentioned the phone, the fact that it acts as its own phone, that was kind of interesting. And it made me feel like maybe yeah. something for my wife, Tracy, who loves to go out walking and running, but she always feels she, she has to strap her phone to her arm and and have the headphones connected to listen to the music from her phone. Well, now she doesn't need that connection, doesn't need to carry her phone, not only because she won't need the phone, because her watch will act as one, but also because, as they made clear, Apple Music, 40 million songs on your wrist now. So she could just use wireless headphones, not worry about being connected to her phone or her watch physically. It does definitely add a more attractive element to it, something that I didn't think would be a game changer, but possibly having that, you know, not really needing your phone at all when you're out and about and people that forget their phones. It's, it really adds something yeah. special to the table that I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards. I have to admit, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Adding the phone on top of just the data, I think people are really going to dig that. 
Now, let me clarify what you're talking about, too, is that now you could pair your AirPods or your Bluetooth headphones right. directly to the watch. That's right. You don't have to have it paired to the phone, and that's going to happen automatically as well. But not only that, there's a couple other things of note that I noticed. Number one, Siri gets a voice. Oh. So I didn't even realize, it didn't even click in my head that Siri doesn't talk on my wrist, that I never hear the voice. It didn't even dawn on me, quite honestly, until they announced that she has a voice. This is thanks to new processors and more power and, of course, more battery power, which is something they've added to the watch. But it appears to me the Series 2 is gone, Mitchell. It is because gone. Because if you look at the website, yeah, if you look at the website and you look at you know, Series 3 with GPS and cellular starting at 399 and then you have Series 3 with just GPS starting at 329 and then you have Series 1 from 249 And that's another piece of big news is that the entry level now on the Apple Watch is just under $250 U.S., yeah. which is pretty significant. Yeah, it is pretty significant. I, I want to go back to the Siri thing I, because there's something I wanted to mention. You know, we have a great relationship in our, our show. Our radio show also airs on AMI accessible media correct so we have a lot of we have a lot of fans and a lot of listeners who listen to us through AMI and what this addition of the Siri voice to Apple Watch means especially for people that are blind or vision impaired this is a huge thing because Apple Watch was always a great device in that you could communicate with it just using your voice but in terms of how Apple Watch responded to you it always still responded to you through Siri visually well now this truly does become a connected device for people that are vision impaired that are blind I mean this is a huge thing because now this watch can become your lifeline your connectivity especially without needing uh, your phone at all, having that voice yeah. giving feedback to you is such a huge thing for people that can't rely on seeing what their watch is saying. Even though you could communicate with it uh, just with your voice, it couldn't communicate back the same way. So I think for people, like I said, that have you know vision impaired, blind, I mean, this is a huge, huge thing and a huge thing for Apple to have a device that works in this way. Now, on the software side, the Apple Watch got some pretty interesting improvements too. Number one, they added... Uh, barometric altimeter, so yes. it can actually count stairs now, which is also useful for a lot of different sports. Um, but on the software side, they're partnering up with a lot of different health organizations. They're going to be able to track more of your vitals in real time. So if it notices an irregularity, for example, in your heartbeat, right. if your heartbeat starts beating heavily, or if it has different features like that, it'll warn you. So this could turn into quite the life-saving device if you come to think about it, considering it would always be strapped on your wrist. Absolutely, and it's one of the things we talked about on the radio show years ago, um, finding new ways of using technology that exists. You know, you're not really reinventing anything here by taking you know, a piece of technology that exists in a similar form to the way it's existed for a couple of years and finding new ways to apply software, features, accessibility, and in this case, life-saving features like you know, tracking your heart. This is going to be something that's built in to every Apple Watch, at least every Apple Watch Series 3, the ability to track your heartbeat. If, if there isn't a regular heartbeat, and listen, we know how prevalent heart attacks are, what a killer it is still uh, all over the world. So to be able to track these these problems before they actually happen or before there is a deadly consequence this is a huge thing and we've seen it also in other forms we've seen you know advanced forms of glucose monitoring and all this i mean we're, there are diff yeah. many different medical applications and it's really exciting especially if you have anyone in your life that suffers from heart conditions or any disease that can be helped or tracked through a smart app and a smart device it's it's huge it's a huge thing so, so to wrap up the watch, so we've got the Series 3 GPS alone, GPS and cellular, so 399 for the GPS and cellular, 329 for just the GPS, Series right. 1 still sticks around at 249 and if you want to bump up to the Hermes edition, you've got a ceramic edition, which has some really nice colors, right. um, and, you've got, and you've got the Apple Watch Hermes that has a stainless steel case. So gone are the gold editions of the past for $10,000 that's no longer there. The most expensive watch is either the ceramic or the stainless steel. Deal around the same price, eleven forty nine for the stainless and twelve ninety nine for ceramic. You made a good point. I don't want to brush over it. Uh, that they do sell Series Three without the cellular connection at a lower price. Yes. So you can yes. get all the new features and not pay. The, if you don't care about being connected to your cellular network without your phone, because a lot of people still walk around with their phone and they're like, I don't care. I'm always having my phone on me. So you can get the. You know, you can pay less without the cellular connect. Cellular. Nice if I could say cellular. I speak for a living. Cellular. How are you? Cellular, cellular connection. Yeah. Also, let's not forget about. <laughs> the red 
uh, that's on the digital crown of the new model, the Series yes. 3. They have that red built in, and that, that, that's kind of a really cool thing. I, I, I like it visually. It adds a little bit of, you know, a little something to it it's visually, so I like it. Yeah, it was really kind of a neat thing. You can thing. look at people and say, hmm, do they have the cellular edition or not? Exactly. And, and the last <laughs> thing, exactly, you can judge your friends without the red dot. They have, yes. oh, you silly Series oh, 2. I'll judge you. Don't worry. You poor bastard. You've got nothing. And one thing that they did mention, this will be probably the last thing we talk about when it comes to Apple Watch and the new Apple Watch, is that uh, they just announced that Apple Watch is now the largest selling, the biggest selling watch in the world. Not smartwatch. Yeah. The it, largest it, selling watch in the world. It just, it just went ahead of Rolex. I don't know if that's in terms of units or actually dollars. They weren't clear about that, how the, what their metric was for, you know, the most, most sales was, was it dollars or actual units sold. But still, Apple Watch number, number one. And I heard some outlets saying it's number one selling smartwatch. I don't know. Number one selling watch in the world. So, you know, bravo, Apple, good job. So people, you know, are looking at this thing as more than just, you know, a cool little, you know, sort of tech item. It's really, it's really caught on. So if you manage to get in on the pre-ordering, uh, pre-ordering available uh, as of this past Friday or this coming Friday, depending on when you're, right. when you're watching or paying attention to this, and you can get your hands on the new watch um, on the 22nd of September, which is one of the few items that Apple announced that you'll be able to get your hands on, <laughs> right. including the next item on our agenda, which is the 4K... HDR-enabled Apple TV, called the Apple TV 4K. <sighs> you like my reaction? A bit the, late to the, the game, sigh? maybe? I, I think my sigh, as we're talking, I'm also you know, moving to the next thing on my computer. Are they late to the game? Of course they are. Of course they're late to the game. And the, re- the reason we're talking about this is, you know, again, there's been a big shift in the way that Apple works over the past five years. One of those shifts is we've seen them, you know, it used to be that Apple would set the bar. And everyone else would try to find their way up and not just raise the bar, just sort of catch up to it. And now we find Apple over the last several years in certain categories where they feel they don't, I guess they don't have to focus as much, maybe as their project, their hobby, as they called Apple TV. Maybe they felt they didn't, they had, they didn't feel the need to innovate in that sector. But while they weren't feeling the need to innovate in that sector, other companies like Roku and Amazon and Google, they were innovating the hell out of that sector. So we see other streaming devices that have had 4K and HDR for quite a while now. And people were wondering, when is Apple going to catch up? Well, as Mark just said, Apple has officially caught up, or at least they will be officially caught up on September 22nd when it drops. Uh, pre-orders, as Mark said, on the 15th, depending on when you're listening to this, could have just happened or a few days ago. So yeah, we're talking about 4K HDR. And the other thing is, is something we're hearing a lot of rumors about, you know, Apple struggling with the studios to try and get them on board with their 4K content, that uh, the 4K movies that are showing on Apple TV are only are going to cost the same as the other HD, the 1080p movies that they show, $19.99. And if you already own a movie that is getting the 4K upgrade treatment, you won't have to pay anything else extra. It's still your, your, your movies that you already have that will appear in 4K will automatically get that upgrade. Now, Mark, did you hear about this whole thing with Disney? Are you up to speed on that? I'm sure you are. Um, in terms of their own streaming services? No, no, not just that. Oh, let me tell you this, because I just saw this before. We should, you know, I'm glad we didn't talk about it before. I just heard that if you look at that list of studios that was on board for 4K at no extra cost, Disney was not among them. So we're not just talking about Disney movies. We're talking about the Star Wars franchises. We're talking about the Marvel franchises. Disney is not part of that group, at least when they showed uh, on the screen who was a part of this 4K, you know, new 4K system on, on yeah, but, uh, Apple TV. Disney was not listed heard, among like, them. Last, we heard last week that they were still negotiating with a bunch of different companies. Correct. I would be surprised. I would be shocked if Disney is not going to be among those. Right. And I think this might also be because of Disney having to announce their own streaming platform and stuff like that officially. I wouldn't be surprised if that if they come on board after the fact. I hope so, because if you remember, Disney was one of the first, stu- if not the first studio to really support iTunes in their TV and film movement when they got into TV and film, as they did. Well, uh, because of that great relationship that, you know, with, with Disney yeah, exactly. that, you know, Disney. that Steve Jobs had. And, you know, originally. So, I mean, uh, sort of notable, worth mentioning that they weren't among them. But, yes, there are obviously multiple reasons, not the least of which is they have their entire new streaming system they're, they're trying to launch and why and why not put the focus on that to get started although that's not starting for a little while and of course they did mention again mark amazon is coming amazon prime video amazon, amazon video coming, is coming yeah. still isn't here 
uh, again, leads you to wonder why it still isn't here. We're not talking about a new device that has to be built, built or a new architecture that has to be built. It's an app that's been in existence on many different platforms and just not on Apple TV for a long time. It's been on iPad and iPhone, just not on Apple TV. So if we know the software, yeah. the technology is there, it makes you wonder why it still has not launched. More complicated than we think and obviously stuff going on behind the scenes, but just interesting in its absence. They mentioned some stuff about HomeKit and how the Apple TV acts as your home bridge. Right. There's some things, I think, software-wise that we're not going to know about the Apple TV until we actually see it. I haven't actually tested the new version of tvOS. I've been iOS 11 for quite some time, but I haven't tested tvOS. I think there's going to be some cool stuff there with the smart home capabilities. I think you're going to be able to see messages and stuff as they open, which might be kind of cool. And, and you know, to... To your comment about the the fact that your previously purchased HD content is going to be available in 4K, right? I think that was a very smart move. Oh I god, think that yeah, was, that was definitely yeah, definitely something that if they had increased the price, people would have been like, "Come on!" Whereas now that you've purchased it, it was like, "Come on!" Of course, this is great. Well, really, they kind of boxed themselves into a corner, didn't they, when they said that the movies are going to cost the same as the four the 4K content would be the same price as the 1080P content, the same exact price. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if they did charge you? If you've already paid the $19.99 for your 1080p movie, yeah. how could they yeah. charge you more if the movies cost the same? So it was kind of funny that they made a whole separate thing. And by the way, if you have a, four, a 1080p version of a 4K movie that we're doing, yeah. no extra charge. And everyone applauded. I'm thinking, you just said that when you said they're both the same price. So I, I think they would have gotten a lot of pushback if all of a sudden they made you pay to upconvert your existing movies when they're charging the same for them anyway. It would have been really ridiculous. Now, are you going to buy one? Of course I am. I can't. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Does I sound like that much of a jerk? I'm gonna, come on, Mark. Like you have to ask that. Of course I'm going to get one. Um, I've been waiting for this for a long time. I have a beautiful. You, you 4K, have a 4K in your in your living room, right? I have a 4K HDR yeah. TV in, in the living room. And one of the things that kind of sucks is when I go to watch Apple TV. Even though my TV will up convert to you know 4K, it's still not the same as having it natively do 4K from the device itself. So it's your tech report. I am Mark Aflalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield, or depending what direction on the screen. <clears throat> I have him edited around. He is Mitchell Whitfield. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Uh, there or there. Hi, Mitchell. Hi, Mitchell. Hey, um, how are you, man? <laughs> we're doing this uh, first time simulcast on Sirius XM and YouTube. Uh, we're going to take a quick break because YouTube sticks an ad in the middle of this stuff. Plus, we've got to take a break on the Sirius XM show. When we come back, of course, the iPhone 8, the iPhone 10. Your tech report will be right back. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield on one direction of my screen. I am Mark Aflalo. This is a simulcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our Sirius XM show airs uh, weekends, 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays, Sirius XM channel 167, where you are listening right now. Or perhaps you're not. Go to yourtechreport.com and you can check out all that info. So we have talked about the Apple Watch. We have yes. talked about Apple TV 4K. Let's talk about the last product that will be available for pre-order or has been available for pre-order when you're watching this or will be in stores in the 22nd, and that is the iPhone 8. Let me, let me now, stop you before I know, we know, I know you want... Yeah, go ahead. I go know ahead. you want to go into. It. I feel like we need to rush through this as quickly as they were rushing through the iPhone eight on stage. Oh, I hate you! I hate you! You just beat me to it. You jive Did I really? right now. Yeah, you oh. just beat me to it. Uh, I, I, what I was going to say is, how painfully obvious was it that they were that Phil Schiller was like streaming through the bullet points, streaming through all the features, just to get through it. Because the real end game was talking about the iPhone 10 or iPhone X, whatever you want to call it. It is the iPhone 10, but it's, they showed the X. Uh, it was, as he was, as he was saying everything on the iPhone 8, I, I, I think I was typing to Mark at the time just one more thing. They, they just wanted to get through the iPhone to get to the iPhone 10. It was kind of ridiculously obvious, was it not? It, it, it was. It was. Let, let's talk about. Um, what's different about the iPhone 8 compared to the iPhone 7. Okay. Because there's not that much. <laughs> there's a glass back. Correct. It's physically a little bit thicker, just kind of like the Apple Watch. Um, it's got the new A11 Bionic chip. This new is something name? that's across the board, Bionic right. chip. New, yeah. It's got Touch ID. It's yes. got its 12-megapixel rear-facing camera, except the Plus model, which is the 5.5-inch model, has the wide-angle and the telephoto lens, whereas the iPhone 8 just has that 4.7-inch screen and just the 12-megapixel camera. They both come in 64-gig and 256-gig models. Nothing in between. That's it. Nothing in between. Okay. And both 
come with wireless charging. Yes. Which is probably the biggest differentiating factor between the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 8 is that glass back and that wireless charging. I mean, sure, the chip is definitely an improvement. So we're going to have a lot of fun with things like augmented reality and things that benefit from that chip. Correct. But this might as well have been an iPhone 7S or a 7S Plus. It really did not deserve its own number. Uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, True Tone technology is also built into the screen. And for those of you who don't know what True Tone is, it's something they've been doing in the iPad Pro models for a couple of years now. Basically, you know how certain colors will look different depending on the ambient lighting of your room? Wherever you are, if it's light or dark, it'll affect the way that you perceive the different colors, the way they're displayed to to your eye. True True Tone adjusts that. It changes the color gamut slightly to adjust and to compensate for the room that you're currently in, which is kind of a cool thing. Although I think I have it turned off on my iPad, honestly. Um, it is kind of a cool thing. I've had it on. I've had it working. It does work. So True Tone is another thing that they have. And I think part of that is because of the new chip that's in there. They have to make sure whenever they add features, they have the chip to support it and to have it not drain battery. So you tell me when I can talk about the battery thing, because that's another thing that needs then, mentioning. You know what? There's, there's not much to talk about this phone. Like I, I mean, when we start talking about the iPhone 10, you'll see how similar the iPhone 10 is to the 8 Plus. It's like, you can get the 8 Plus uh, for a lower cost point. Um, it's a bigger phone, but you get a nice 5.5 inch screen and you get most of the same features except for the new Face ID. Um, but I mean, I, on the software side with this new iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10, um, they've got some really cool features. Um, you know, the neural engine, the the motion coprocessor, right. um, the portrait lighting, which is a, a beta feature that's going to be available in the in the iPhone 8 Plus, but not in the iPhone 8. Correct. I mean, talk about the battery, because we'll, we'll go right into the iPhone 10, quite honestly. Yeah, exactly, because there's, there's not that much to talk about with the 8. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Well, well, you know what? I'm sorry. The battery thing, that has got to wait till the 10. I'm sorry. My, my issue with the battery is not officially with the <laughs> iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. It is with the 10. But since we're jumping right in, one of the other differences with it. the 10, you know, of course, then then Apple, when they, when they rushed through, when Phil Schiller basically read at double speed to get through all the bullet points of the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, they said one more thing, and we have the iPhone 10, which was uh, no surprise. You've been following either our, our radio show or any other rumor site online or the other YouTube channels have talked about it. We've seen the form factor. We knew it was going to be a full edge-to-edge display with just a tiny cutout at the top. What are they calling that? To the top. But, but they have a name for it now. No, they oh, have a they technical have name. name for it. Hold on, I have to look it up because I feel like an idiot now. Uh, That little cutout now has a name because inside that cutout are multiple sensors, including a dot projector that it uses for... We'll get to that. Um, So they announced the iPhone X. The iPhone X now has that edge-to-edge display. I think, what is it, a 5.8-inch screen? Here, let me go go through the specs. A 5.8-inch diagonal all-screen OLED multi-touch display. Um, It's got an HDR display. Its resolution is 2436 by 1125 pixels, which, if if you're counting, is 4 to 58 pixels per inch. Now, the thing about the OLED screen versus the other screen, which is IPS technology, is that you will notice the blacks are as black as you can be. So it blends that little notch at the top into the screen and it makes colors so vibrant you know what grab a samsung device from the last three years and you'll see what an oled screen is well for people that don't know what the technology is a regular led display still has pixels but it relies on either side lighting which is why if you have like an led tv sometimes you'll see light bleeding uh on the the corners or on the sides because it actually has that it uses light to to make the picture visible, to brighten up your screen. OLED, which is organic LED, light emitting diode, basically each pixel has its own light source, turns on and off. It doesn't need any lighting from the back or behind. Each pixel is responsible for lighting itself. So when you see darkness on a screen, it is truly dark because there are no pixels being illuminated at all. The only pixels that are illuminated are the ones that actually are showing a picture. So there's no light bleeding into the blacks because there's no backlight or side lighting. Each Little, little little pixel has its own light. It's amazing. So as Mark said, the blacks are true. The color is true. There's no light bleed. There's no distortion. OLED is a huge, huge jump. I'm still trying trying to find the name of that particular thing, what they call the... Oh, what do they call that stupid thing on the top? It's going to kill me. Just <laughs> keep going. We're good. Okay, so um, uh, in terms of 
obviously technology. It's got the latest Bluetooth technology, LTE Advanced, uh, everything you can think of in terms of your cellular technology and your Wi-Fi technology. On the authentication side, Touch ID is gone. Yes. So there's no more home button, therefore no more Touch ID. There's no Touch ID on the back Apple logo or behind the screen. There's wireless charging and there's Face ID. So Face ID recognizes your face, both in darkness and in light, and they showed people testing it with the eyes closed it didn't work eyes had to be open and what it does is emits these 30,000 dots that there's match a, there's your a dot face. Pro- there's actually a projector built into that thingy on the top that will remain nameless the, thingy, the Voldemort the thing the top. yeah there's a there's a dot if projector we think- if we figure out the name of that thingy, we'll put it right here on, yeah. on YouTube. Um, <laughs> it has a dot projector that works in light, it works in darkness, and combines with depth sensing technology to authenticate. So my biggest question was, well, how's Apple Pay going to work? Because you, you put your thumb down and it works well. Apple Pay works by authenticating it and then put, and putting your device down on the actual terminal. So yeah. bigger, bigger power button on the right. You double press it and it opens your wallet. Select the card, authenticate, then tap. Authentication is like milliseconds. It's not yeah. like it's going to take long. Although on stage when they're demoing it, it didn't work on the first device. And there's, of course, of course, the, the interwebs are going wild now with rumors like, see, it's not a perfect technology because it didn't work during the demo. He had to actually go to a backup device to have that work. There were a couple of people that were actually there live that got to test it that said multiple times it wouldn't let me log in. Plenty of other people said it worked seamlessly. So believe who and what you want, but I guarantee by the time this thing launches, it'll work just fine. Now, there were other there were other things also that I that I wanted to add. The camera system is also different on the iPhone 10 than it is on the iPhone 8 Plus. So of course we have the vertical orientation of the two cameras with the with the uh, four lit uh, LED flash on the back. Uh, it's now vertical yep. instead of horizontal. Also, instead of only one of those cameras, one of those 12 megapixel cameras being uh, optically you know, in stabilized optically, both of the cameras on the back of the iPhone 10 will now have Are optical image stabilization, yeah. which is a big deal. Now both cameras can actually use, you know, be vibration free because before you were basically relying on one of those cameras in the back. And if you were, I guess, if you were zoomed in, you didn't have that stabilization. Now both cameras do, which is, which is kind of a big deal. And it's playing catch up again with certain devices like the Galaxy Note 8 which just announced a few, you know, week or so ago that both of those cameras are optically image stabilized. So it, it's, it's kind of a nice thing for a photographer, people that are using their cameras a lot. It, it's kind of a big win there, too. So I think you want to dive into your battery gripe now because I'm going to give you the stats after you tell us your battery story. Oh, so you have information. Let me hold on. I have to gear my. I'm really, yeah, I, I'm I have, really upset I real about time. this. I have real, real statistics, or at least more uh, details. Okay. Statistics, I guess. So then I, I will give you my reaction to the keynote. During the keynote, Phil Schiller was talking about all the things that were packed in there, and the engineers are worried about, oh, with the iPhone 10, we have all these new sensors, and this powerful chip. How are we going to, you know, we're going to lose battery life? And he said, well, I'm happy to tell you, iPhone 10 has two hours more battery life. And everyone's like, yeah! And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. They didn't say two hours of what? Okay, if we're talking two hours of standby time, what does the phone have? 400 hours of standby time? Two hours more of that is nothing. If we're talking two hours more of video time, well, what does it have? 10 hours that you can do a video, so two more hours, that's 20%. That's a big, so there's a big range of things. If it's two hours of standby time, two hours of talking on the telephone, two hours of watching video, okay. those main, those are huge differences in percentage. I would have preferred to hear a percentage. You get 10% more battery life, 5%. They didn't give us that. They gave us this vague two hours of something of battery life. So, Mark, okay, please so clear it up for me. Okay. According to the stats on yeah. their own website, it says, yes. lasts up to two hours longer than iPhone 7. So, conveniently on this comparison page, you can select another device on the side to compare it with. So, let's look at talk time. Okay. So, talk okay. time on the iPhone 7 is 14 hours. Right. Talk time on the iPhone 7 Plus is 21 hours. Talk time on the iPhone 10 is 21 hours. Okay, so, so it's the same it to as the, the iPhone plus. 7. Yeah, it's the same as the Plus. Okay. Um, internet use, 12 hours on the 7, 12 hours on the iPhone 10. 13 hours on the iPhone 7 Plus. Interesting. Um, well, video wait. playback, So you get more on the 7 devices. Plus? You get more... You get more internet usage on the 7 Plus, but the same talk time. It's so strange. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I knew this. 60 I knew hours of audio playback. Let, let's compare the 8s, okay? Let's compare it for, for fun to the 8, okay? Okay. iPhone 8. Okay, so here we go. 
So the iPhone 8, not the Plus, okay? 14 hours of talk time, 8 Plus, 21 hours. iPhone 10, 21 hours. Okay. iPhone 8 internet usage, 12 hours. iPhone 8 Plus, 13 hours. iPhone 10, 12 hours. So right. it's less internet less usage. T- yeah, I knew, there, I knew there was something weird. Go ahead. iPhone 8 video playback is 13 hours. iPhone 8 Plus video playback is 14 hours. iPhone 10 is 13 hours. So Same. I, same. I guess that the OLED technology takes a little bit more battery drain on in certain instances. But this is pretty much on par statistically with the iPhone 7 Plus. So if you use a Plus, you get all the benefits of that, plus the wireless charging, plus the battery time in a smaller footprint, and quite honestly, a, a beautiful device. Yeah, and that, that's again, that's a two hours more battery life compared to what and in, in what in what usage. So. Yeah, you know, I can live with that. I wasn't looking for, you know, again, battery technology, I still think is the, is the slowest thing to catch up to everything else. Instead of improving battery technology, we're trying to improve the processors in our devices to make better use of what limited battery we have. I think you'd agree that's sort of the way things are going right now, both on the computer side, tablet, and handheld side. So it doesn't bother me. I wasn't, I don't care. I have a 7 Plus right now. I'm happy if I get the same battery life on the 10, which I'm going to get, and get all these new features without being punished for it. But the way they announced it, it was just so vague. And now, basically, what I said was true. It's not like an overall two hours. In certain use, no. use cases, you get worse battery life on the 10 than you will on you know similar devices. So I just wish they would have been a little more straightforward with it because uh, it was confusing and it seemed like something was being hidden. And it turns out I was right. And iPhone 8 available on the 22nd and iPhone 10. You can't even order this device until the 25th of October. 25th of... The no, 27th. 20, 27th. Oh, sorry. 27th. Sorry, 25th is when I get back from Europe. 27th yeah. <laughs> of October for release on November 4th. That is a long... Not only is that a long time to wait for something, and I understand, I do get it, but it annoys the hell out of me for one particular reason. Well, two. Number one, I have to wait. Okay. <laughs> Number two, it kills the resale value of my iPhone 7. Gone. Because if I want to wait for the 10, I have to find some kind of intermediary device to sell my iPhone 7 for before the 8 comes out to maintain any kind of good resale value. No, I get it. And that pisses me off. Well, I mean, are you sure it's not coming out on November 3rd? Now you're making me double check all my details. No, Availability I want to make sure. November third. You're right. November okay. 3rd. No, I want to I make was sure. Off by a couple days. Okay, here and there. <laughs> I, I'm saving you having to type in the whoops meant November third yeah, on the graphic. Exactly. Just you know. I appreciate um, that. And you know there were some other announcements to go along with the wireless charging. By the way, that uh, Apple has this wireless charging mat. What are they calling? Matte Air, Pad Matte Air, mat. iPad uh, Power Mat, something. They have this new pad that allows you to simultaneously charge. Your iPhone 8, 8 Plus, or 10, your Apple Watch Series 3, not earlier models, Series 3, and yeah. uh, if you have AirPods and you buy a new case for it, if you have to buy an upgraded case that will support charging, but there's a new case coming out for the AirPods that will support this wireless charging as well. You could have all three on the mat at the same time, charging simultaneously. Did we get a price point on that thing? I don't think so. Did, did we not. get a release we date? We did not. We got a we preview. If you want to charge, if you want a power mat of some kind or a charging mat, you're going to have to use one from Belkin or from Mofi or some of the other accessory Correct. manufacturers that'll that'll get it to market quicker. Uh, quicker. And and the the cool thing though about the wireless charging is that it's going to be using the Qi QI uh, wireless par- uh, charging protocol, which means it's going to be compatible with all the existing accessories that are already ha- are out there. IKEA has some stuff. Uh, McDonald's furniture with a built-in yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's going to be compatible with that. We don't know in terms of speed of charging. It might be faster to charge on Apple's own own chargers. But um, interesting across the board. Interesting. I mean, I mean overall takeaways, Mitchell. Like I mean, other than we have to wait. Um. Yay. How's that? I mean, is, is that really the same? I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, I wish I the I didn't have to wait for the iPhone 10. That's a bummer. Uh, the yeah. 8 and the 8 Plus are not even what I'd expect from an S upgrade. I think it was even a little less than S. You can, you know, copyright that. We can make a fortune less than S, make yeah. T-shirts. Uh, so I was a little bummed out. And the takeaway was a, a little bit of disappointment. I, I, I can't put my finger on one single thing. I think I mentioned several things. And you have to understand... 
you know, I'm not an iPhone hater. I'm an, I've, I've been using, I'm an Apple hater. I've been using Apple products for years. Yes, I use PC. Yeah. I, I use Mac. I use them both. My day to day is, is usually used on a Mac. And I find less and less Apple to be innovating and instead playing catch up and then promoting those new features that are not new to anyone else who's been using Android as, can you believe what we did? For example, the iPhone wireless charging, everyone went nuts. They didn't go yeah. nuts because it's new. They went nuts because, oh my God, finally you gave us wireless charging and Samsung has been doing this for three years. So, I mean, again, it's why haven't we seen these things? And what I was hoping for, Mark, was over the air wireless charging. Not inductive charging yeah. on a mat or on a pad, but coming into a room and having it over the air, that would have been okay. No one else has been doing that. We haven't seen that. That would be innovative. So am I happy? Yes, I'm grateful that we find, that's what it really is, I'm grateful. I'm grateful we're finally getting what we've been wanting for three years. And I find myself saying that more and more with Apple because they're playing catch up to other people that decided we're not going to wait. So I yeah. still love the Apple products. I still think they're brilliant and I'm going to buy them. But maybe that's the problem. Maybe that is the problem that I'm still loving it and buying them, even though we're waiting and being sold features that other people have had for a long time. But maybe I'm part of the problem. I still love the yeah. products. They're still beautifully designed. I'm in that ecosystem, but a little disappointed that we're being sold features that are old features if you have used other products. Check out yourtechreport.com. Thanks for watching on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash yourtechreport. Of course, if you're listening on SiriusXM, channel 167, we appreciate that as well. Check out our YouTube channel. Check out our SiriusXM show. Subscribe. Cool stuff coming up. Great giveaways. Lots of fun stuff going on. Thank you, Mitchell. Fun to do this. I enjoyed it. I Thank you, Mark. I hope my bitterness didn't didn't spoil your time. I, I, I sound like oh, bitter party of one. <laughs> come on. Your Tech Report will be right back. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on this week's very cool edition. You want to check out that YouTube experience. That was youtube.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, follow along on Twitter. It's at Your Tech Report on Twitter, facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Email address contact at yourtechreport.com. We're going to be doing a couple really cool things, both here on the radio show and, of course, on YouTube. One of those things is Ask Your Tech Report. It's a segment that we did about a year ago. It's an opportunity for you to email us or contact us via social media. Email uh, contact at yourtechreport.com. You can get in touch on Facebook and Twitter and ask your question. I mean, there's no questions that you, you can't possibly ask. You know, what's your recommendation on a good wireless, wireless router for my home? Uh, my kids are going back to school. Should I let them take their gaming console with them? Are there new laptops coming out? Should I wait to buy, you know, a new, a new phone or a new tablet? Lots of questions like that we get all the time, and we're going to answer them both here on the radio show and, of course, on the YouTube channel as well. So please do that. And I want to congratulate everybody who uh, entered our contest for that Bose outdoor speaker. Very, very cool speaker. We're going to be uh, doing more giveaways like that in the near future, plus some really big ones. Two really, really big giveaways coming around the uh, October, end of October time frame. You can maybe guess what that's about. And November as well. Gaming gaming fans will really love this one. Anyhow, on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Marco Flatlow. Again, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Your Tech Report. We'll be back again next week right here. And, of course, follow along with us on, on all our social media. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. 
Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.